0: Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members
1: of our forces.
2: <laughs> the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again.
0: They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I love kids jumping <laughs> yeah. on my lap. Oh my
2: God. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It, he is going to win by a landslide.
3: That's the first one. That's the first like, ad. That's the first salvo. <laughs> and that is like like 20 years ago right when things weren't as like ridiculous as they are now that would be like if you could produce that that's your Thanos right there you've you've Thanos snapped your opponent out of existence they are never coming back from it
2: it right? is literally like unironically it is like one of the greatest political ads that has ever been created and it's like, incredible the and the and the
3: song like yeah. coming in after it just trump pins and it's just playing a fucking like like like, that's like to me an added layer to it right <laughs> that brings it home because like who the fuck thought oh oh what will even make this like that it's a brilliant choice to have that song play out right it'd be one thing if it like <clears throat> like the, the dumb way to do it would have been to have that and then at the end it says I'm Donald Trump and I endorse this you know what I'm saying like every political ad is, but that's nowhere to be seen like that the last thing you hear is that song playing over Trump pins and a fucking American flag, like just I am I'm, I'm astounded. Really,
0: we're gonna get some we're gonna get some great content from this posting war. And honestly, Trump's already way ahead just because he's playing corn pop videos. So, <laughs> so uh, Liz, I don't know. Have are you familiar with the corn pop Biden video? No. Okay, so really? that. That is where oh. the, the audio that we just saw that Trump used, and yeah. it's one of the greatest political bits of all time, really. And the context is Biden is at this pool in South Carolina where he used to work, and he's just rambling about these crazy stories about <laughs> people like getting chains and wrapping around people's necks. And uh, see, the thing is, Corn Pop, he was a bad, bad dude. <laughs> like like Biden was trying to explain I love that we're
3: coming back to this This is the most wholesome Like, if Trump I To us be together. back at this point In the political process we'll, It's we'll been we'll five be seconds into, into the pod,
2: pod And we're already mansplaining <laughs> That's
1: true. Like how long was it going to take And it's just the yeah. intro
2: Yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Okay so get this Politics are
3: Yeah <laughs>
0: So yeah, Twitter, I don't know if you thought about it this way but see so politics the video camera was invented okay.
3: to really explain corn pop we got to go back all right to the invention of the telephone <laughs> alexander graham bell
0: uh no but that that slightly more feminine voice here is is my girlfriend liz everybody say hi what we say yeah. <laughs> the, the, oh, hi? The listeners. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say they told us to say hi. The two okay. people listening to this podcast. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Hey, it's gone up since Cog and uh fucking posting this has yeah. been yeah. on. So True, we're okay. at 140 by the way.
3: Oh not I'm, bad. Uh, Cog yeah. episode? Nice. Yeah. So. No, we see we brought in so you know uh True and on they have their Liz, so we brought in our own. <laughs> So, in the Warren
0: Democrats, they have their list. So, everyone's got to have yeah. a list now.
1: you got to so. have a list in your game, yeah. yeah.
0: Are you are you considered considered an essential podcast guest? Considered. Um, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's my first time in any podcast, so I hope so. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that automatically makes you one of the fellows, honestly.
1: Uh, I
3: don't know. Because, right,
2: like, yeah, I mean, only dudes podcast. Like, women don't know how. They can't operate computers, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's true or ovaries that's just explode true. every time we get tried
2: to yeah exactly yeah. it's like all the all the blood just rushes to your brain mm-hmm. like how are you supposed to operate a machine
1: exactly
3: see go go to any podcast with a woman running it and what you don't see right is the strings attached to her wrists that her boyfriend is pulling so even the single like,
1: girls that yeah, have like, like single podcasts <laughs>
3: Well, they're assigned. Uh, if you enter you're the podcast, assigned you're, oh, that you're
1: assigned that a male. You're assigned a male.
3: He'll take care oh. of you. Yeah. <laughs> Just life size marionettes, like.
1: <laughs> is it like the podcast gods that that assign you a male? I'm wondering. Yeah, Nick
2: Nick Mullen and uh, Matt Christman, yeah. they assign uh, a singular male to every single female who would like the podcast. YouTube about, does
1: too. What about trans people? I want to know how that works.
2: Oh, that's a touchy subject. Ah, that like, is good.
0: We could we could get think, into
3: that. I think <laughs> if if it's a a woman, if it's so a trans woman,
0: <laughs> I'm right, gonna get into it. Um, let's sports? let's move on. <laughs> once,
3: <laughs> once you become a woman, you you get your male. But if it's a woman who transitions to a man, obviously you know, they're at that point they're a man, that point, right, a man the so they don't yeah. need a they don't need a male anymore. Okay.
0: Wow, we really—I
3: tackled that. That was
0: good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Was it good though? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Did we
1: really gain anything from that? Yeah.
0: You know, become
3: a trans woman,
0: lose your get your (laughs) mail. As as someone who's not, you're you're politically savvy, but you're not on Twitter and you're not inundating yourself with all these terrible, terrible takes all the time. Uh, I think that Cole, Matt, and I have a very similar view of Biden right now. As someone who's more maybe outside the Twitter sphere, what do you think about the Biden versus Trump situation, and how does that make you feel?
1: Well, not happy, Um, I guess would be a simple way of putting it. Um, I'm not really on Twitter because I value my happiness, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Biden
1: still was like at the bottom of the list of who we were hoping would be, you know, the other option. Um, I don't. Hmm. Obviously, I was supporting Bernie, um, and almost anyone by us, anyone my age is, and or Latinos, um, but I think it's interesting to. Talk to my parents about it because they don't really know much about politics at all. So um, to kind of educate them about why Biden isn't the best choice, mm-hmm. <laughs> or why um, it's not the greatest that we're at this point, since to them they kind of also just see him as Obama's VP. Like, right. Yeah. So they don't really know like the history of everything and and what he's been involved in in the past. So.
0: Just uh, a quick a quick way to introduce them to Biden's show in the Corn Pop video. Just show <laughs> I'm going back <laughs> to that.
1: I'd have to dub See, it in Spanish first. Or <laughs> <it> in
0: <laughs> that. Imagine,
3: incredible. Imagine <laughs> Biden speaking Spanish. Does anyone have video of that?
2: Oh, uh, so one of the yes. questions that I actually have, no, I do not have oh, Biden speaking Spanish, but like, to. what did you think? I don't know if you saw like the Political ads with like Buttigieg or uh, Bloomberg speaking uh, their Spanish but I was curious like if you saw those and if you did what did you think of them because they were awful <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well it's always kind of interesting because obviously that's they're not the first ones to do it it's sort of like a common like political pandering that they do but it's it feels very superficial when you know they're not really reaching out to like latino voters like most of the people or i think latinos are often like the very undermined and they're never targeted for for, like you know so it just feels like a superficial attempt because you know it is they're not really trying to get out there into the communities and hear what people need or what they want so
3: and to add to that like um I mean Buttigieg, especially that being um, uh, like, if you look at what his campaign actually like, who they targeted, and especially in Iowa when, you know, Buttigieg has like a slight lead or whatever, um, and then it comes out these satellite caucuses, which were mostly minority um, folks, like who work like the two out like the two a.m. shift at like a meatpacking industry or, or factory, right, like those caucuses overwhelmingly you know were minority voters and who all went for bernie and once that those started coming in budges was like his campaign is calling them up to be like hey like take away their their delegates like this isn't fair we were supposed to win it's like literally silencing like these people and their voices right because it
0: might not have let him win right so I know going on in this election, something that maybe um, a lot of people aren't thinking about, but I know is close to to your heart, Liz, is DACA. And so I was wondering if we could get into that, if you could quickly explain for people what DACA is where, and what's going on with it and why it's important in this election.
1: Okay, now it's my turn to female-splain DACA yes. to my fellow um white men. <laughs> yeah.
3: Guys, are we, are, is this how we want the pod to go? I don't know, man. Uh, we, we sold out, I think.
1: <laughs> so um, DACA is, I, I think it stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, which is um, children who were brought into the country without proper documentation um, and have been basically living under the shadows this whole time which um, applies to me because I entered this country when I was six years old. Um, I came in with papers, but they just weren't mine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, but uh, DACA came into place, I believe, in 2012. It was um, the Obama's administration like attempt to, you know, put a Band-Aid on a broken arm, which is the immigration system. Yeah. Um, and... So in 2017, the Trump administration decided decided to rescind DACA and, you know, take it away completely, which was no surprise to anyone. But um, it has been held up in the courts so far. Mm-hmm. Um, all the courts have basically back and forth with it, and it's finally re- reached the Supreme Court. And the hearings were last year, and we're expecting to hear some decision anytime now. Um, so that's, that's where we're at now. So that's a quick summary of what's happening. Um, I think from the last tweet that I saw or, you know, repost, it was just that, um, the Supreme Court justices had decided to receive more information regarding Mm -hmm. the, um, what DACA recipients are, or like what percentage are actually healthcare workers and how it might like, you know, affect our current situation with um the coronavirus when like thirty thousand health workers might lose their ability to keep providing the care that they yeah. do.
0: Yeah, I have the I have the tweet you sent me, Liz pulled up. Uh Zoe Tillman tweeted this out. In today's SCOTUS orders, the justices granted a motion for a supplemental brief filed post-arguments in the DACA case about how the coronavirus pandemic underscores the contributions of DACA recipients to the healthcare workforce. And so, there are many, you know, DACA recipients. Uh, You said this started in 2012, and so... Um, who does it cover exactly? Um, like what's the age range? So it covers? The age
1: range is you had to be under 16 when you entered the country. Mm. I believe you had to be here for at least seven years. You couldn't have left the country. Um, um, you can't have any kind of criminal record at all. Uh, no misdemeanors or anything of that kind. And I believe they've gotten a little bit more stricter, um, after right. the, the Trump administration came in um, the, the application is actually longer um, I've noticed and um, they haven't been able to increase the price of the application because it t- costs like $500 or $495 to be exact every time you renew it and you have to renew it every two years um, so so far I've spent $2,000 to be able to you know work in this country so um but yeah i think those are the requirements you have to be under 16 um you couldn't have left the country um and yeah
0: so it sounds like you know on when you hear about it you know it's like oh they're just you know giving all these uh legal immigrants coming to our country they're they're letting their children become american citizens it's like No, it's it's not that. It's a very small, small segment of the population that has got gotten it. It sounds very difficult to even get, and now it's expensive. Strip that away. It's it's expensive,
1: and I mean, it's a small percentage of the people that could have applied. Actually, I think I applied. I think maybe only half of the potential people that could have applied did at night, Um, and we're about 800 to 900,000 people, I think are current DACA recipients. Um, And I think half of the people that decided not to apply were because they were afraid of, you know, what would happen if it was taken away. They basically have all my information ever, because you have to put in all, literally everything about you. Um, Every time you, you apply, you go in and get Literally your picture taken, you know, there's a biometrics appointment you have to go every single time, Um, not just the first time you you get it done, Um, and they they literally ask for every single address you've ever had, so.
2: You said there's like biometrics?
1: Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Jesus.
2: (laughs) <laughs> like what, like what exactly That's like a id scanner they're like analyzing facial structure sorry yeah
1: so you you basically when you get your work permit cuz it's it it's multifaceted so um there's a work permit aspect which is i think what we all apply for um and for the work permit there has to be a picture on your id um and so every single, every two years, when you get it done, you have to go in and get your picture taken and, you know, get all your fingers scanned and, you know, put in your height to see if you've grown or <laughs> changed your hair <laughs> color or if you've gained weight. Because um, that's all on the card that the, the work permit card they give you. Um,
2: they like actually give you a card, like a little.
1: Yeah. So what. So the first time I got it, I got like a social security card. Um, so I have that now, but on the social security card on itself, there's like on a huge print at the top that says, this is only, um, is you know no re-entry allowed. Um, yeah. um, th- this needs to be presented with a valid work permit. And then the work permit itself kind of just has the dates of when it's, um, allowed like when it was issued and when it expires um and then you obviously have to get a license as well because with those things you can get a driver's license in states like georgia you need to have a valid work permit or social security number to be able to drive that is that's insane
2: like the yeah. next step is them just being like hey can you wear this armband that has a fucking uh, little star on it just so we can identify <laughs> you in the streets, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, they're my, already, they're already doing one part of it. You know what I'm saying? So like, it doesn't seem far off. That sounds like a fucking, it sounds like a sci-fi movie, like minority <laughs> report or some shit.
1: Well, my, my driver's license does have a little sticker on it. That says limited term. So, you know that.
3: Well, just like every possible way.
1: Oh
2: the fuck? To it's got like to a, like, I just feel like the U.S. government's like next step, like, They go, okay, we've already done all this. Like, what do we need to do next? And they're like, all right, you have to issue them cards. And they have to hold this on them 24-7. And it's got a little tiny sombrero on it. And that when you cross out (laughs) the sombrero, that means they have to go. That's insane. That is literally fucking insane.
3: Well, it's like every possible way, every method they could use to, like, basically tell you, Liz, and other people like you that your status here is precarious. Yeah. You're here if by the grace of God, if we decide to just whatever, rescind this at any point we can, if you can't pay the, the head tax, like like you said, like, like it's $500. It's like the fucking Muslim caliphates used to make Jews and Christians pay special taxes to exist. They'd be like, you could stay here, just give us money. That's literally what we're doing right now. Like, Matt, it reminds you of the future or like sci-fi dystopia. It reminds me of like that. It's like literally living under the fucking Umayyads, you know, like just every possible way they can tell you that, yeah, this is, this, your status here is temporary. And if yeah. we decide, you know, it, like, you know, whatever, tomorrow we could be like, yeah, your entire world is upended. Like you have to, you know, get out of here. Like, Yeah. It's
2: almost like America's racist. <laughs> it
0: might be onto something, Matt. It's yeah. almost
1: like the whole immigration system was to keep people that weren't white out. Yeah.
3: yeah. Almost. Liz, you said, um, like, Band-Aid on a broken arm. I would say, like, I would go further and say Band-Aid on a massive, gaping head whoop.
2: Right. The 32 bullet holes that Hillary Clinton provided to the back of the head.
3: <laughs> of Jeffrey Jim-
2: <laughs> One single like little My Little Pony band aid on it,
3: and the Supreme Court thing is scary too because it's um it's a I mean right now majority like conservative, um it's a five four split that way, and yeah. even considering, and like just today like there was a, I think it was today, um uh, well, like the liberal judges like like if you looked at like how the Supreme Court operates like it's really kind of like. <clears throat> One or two cases, they'll split, but the vast majority of them are, are like unanimous or one dissenter. So like it's really the difference between like liberal and conservative judges are like it's a sliver on one like a couple issues, and I feel like like DACA and immigration may not may not be maybe one of them where they'll like concur with each other, right? Except like Sotomayor, right? But I don't know, and like. It's just scary to think that of it going up there because it's like no, there's no um, really, like, you know, there's no saying whether or not what they'll do. And I feel like it probably would overturn it if it went up there. But yeah.
1: I mean, we knew it was going to come to this just right after the 2016 election, you know, like I knew immediately. Like, oh, this is gonna go away and they're gonna try to make it go away as quickly yeah. as possible. But at least the courts have held it up this far. So
3: that's,
1: yeah. They've made it this far. So God, this,
2: and Democrats are so fucking feckless that they they yes. won't that they think that's a victory. Just like the courts are uphold this like very shaky, you know, thing it's like the fuck, like <laughs> Right, like RBG's like on her fucking deathbed and they're like, ma'am, do you wanna get <laughs> yeah. rid of the immigrants? And she's like, Yes, fuck them.
3: Uh, Liz, in twenty sixteen were you for Bernie too back then? Like politi- like what were you what were you doing like or where were you politically back then? I'm curious. Um
1: hmm. Well, like almost a lot of people that I knew we all thought, you know. Hillary would become president, so. Yeah. Too concerned. Um, I think with the primaries, I wasn't paying too much attention. I think um, it was the first time that I really paid attention to Bernie. Yeah. Um, and I really liked him, you know, from, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He seemed to, you know, he's shown that he's, he's always supported the same causes. He hasn't really, you know, <clears throat> wavered from what things he's he's supported so i always like that but i i mean i didn't think he stood a chance against hillary since that seemed that that's that was the person that was receiving the most support from the dnc so yeah i mean i was rooting for him but realistically i know it wasn't likely going to happen mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i think like a lot of people i was completely shocked after the, <laughs> to the mm-hmm. 2016 election um But yeah, so, but since then I kind of more or less just knew like, oh, if he becomes president, he's going to do the thing he said he was going to do. Obviously, like with a lot of things, he's flip-flopped about DACA support, you know, supporting Dreamers and saying like, yeah, we should support them. And then flipping Mm. like a month later saying, well, they're not Mm. that great anyway. They're probably criminals (laughs) too, despite the fact that we go through a deep background check. Yeah. Um and we can't have anything on our record to to if we wanna keep our status or our quote unquote status. Um so but it's kind of a pain in the butt just because actually the coronavirus is kind of stopping me from renewing my permit for two more years. My current permit expires in July. Yeah. And I was like, I'll get ahead of the curve and apply months ahead before the Supreme Court can take it away and I will just go ahead and get it renewed and so I don't have to worry about it till twenty twenty two. But my biometrics appointment was cancelled because the immigration offices were shut down because of the coronavirus.
3: So it's not going great for us
1: around that aspect.
3: And there's no way for you to say like I've my body is literally not changed, <laughs> like,
1: really, guys. I haven't aged since I was fifteen. I promise, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Um, no, I heard something that um, they might just use your old biometrics, but I don't. I wasn't. I think I saw maybe someone say that, and I haven't been able to bring up anything else that to support that. So I don't know.
2: Yeah. The the office is closed, but yet like ICE is still fucking operating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like keep. Uh, <laughs> you know, deporting people, but not allowing them to update their status, which is, I mean, no surprise at all.
2: Well, I mean, I think that's the biggest difference. Like we, we always talk about like the biggest difference between like aesthetics and, you know, um, like actual politics is like, like actual politics affect people in like this way, you know, whereas like most people are like, well, I vote for Biden because he's going to choose a woman VP. And it's like, well, that doesn't fucking matter to, you know, people like in your situation, Liz, it's like, you know, they're holding, they're dangling this like over your head, essentially. And it's like, you know, it's a very big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had to be politically aware since I was a child. You know, I could not know what was going on or the elections or the laws that, you know, our state was passing, especially very anti-immigration laws when I was in middle school. I was very aware of the new of the new laws that would affect my family that would affect me. Like Georgia has very anti-immigration laws, even in schools. Um, Cause I couldn't apply to public schools just even for, because of my status. So I had to go to a private school because that was the only way I was, I would be able to get an education. So it's a way of you're, life for the rest of us.
3: Yeah. I was going to say Liz, do you ever resent that you you're not allowed to tune out of things? Like, Like, you know, us three, every white guy can kind of just like, every, you know, well off white guy can just kind of just, you know, turn off their brain and literally treat politics like it's Hogwarts. Like, do you ever (laughs) resent that you can't just be a Harry Potter lib? You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I wish I could just, you know, just kind of see what's happening on the sidelines and not worry like, oh, am I going to be able to keep working in a few months? Yeah. Or like, like, You know, like, should my parents be more worried about their driving or, you know, like, oh, Mm -hmm. just little things that affect us on the day-to-day. You know, like, I had to learn to drive because I'm the one driving now when I drive my parents in case we get stopped in any kind of way. So, yeah, yeah, I wish I could take a break sometimes. So, if you guys want to switch for a day, I wouldn't mind. (laughs)
3: Yeah, just, like, there should be a sweepstakes to where we take, like... And just for a month, like all you do, all you have to do is every couple of days tweet out something like Trump is like Voldemort and (laughs) Biden is (laughs) Biden is is whoever Cornelius Fudge. Right. And then you could just live off that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But um, meanwhile, I'm I'm very like, I think a lot of DACA recipients were kind of afraid to be outspoken in any kind of way because we're afraid to be targeted. Um, and it's just like you're just on survival mode 24-7, so you learn not to draw attention to yourself um, and, you know, just keep going along. So, and I think that's one of the ways that they keep us from, you know, being active or, you know, coming together. It's just because we're afraid of standing out too much and then being targeted or harassed yeah. in any kind of way, and then we know we're putting our families in danger who, like, my parents have nothing at all, because I have at least something.
3: Yeah, like, um, just considering what happens to, I mean, what what's happened to, like, um, like, Ferguson activists, like, how 18 of them seem to have, like, um, it's, it's around that number, I think, 18, of, like, from those protests have just wound up, like, just dead like oh I decided to kill myself by shooting myself in the back of the head fourteen times or you know just conveniently dying in like you know vague oh gang shootings and it's like I I question if anyone understands that like for someone speaking out on these types of issues for on for like minority issues it's like really easy to like wind up dead and no yeah. one's and, like, and no one asks,
1: or the people that do yeah. ask are afraid to come out and, you know, talk about it more. And, I mean, I think I've even heard about, like, one actual immigration activist who's, you know, DACA receiving herself. And she actually got her renewal denied the first time she tried to apply again, I think, like, recently. And they had to go to court. And they were like, you guys can't deny her her renewal just because she has been politically outspoken or just because she has been, you know, protesting these things. But it is something that has actually historically happened. I can't remember her name, but.
0: Yeah. So one thing, one thing I want to get your opinion on, Liz, this is still in the realm of DACA, but a little a little bit different. Um, so this this rhetoric we hear, especially from conservatives a lot of time, but just you know normal liberals too is like oh you know these immigrants they're they're coming here just cuz they you know they want to like like the, the idea that I'm as an american we're entitled to certain things that other people aren't and these immigrants are trying to take that away from us what was what has been your impression coming here as a kid from mexico and your impressions of america then versus now do you still you know, see America as like how you did when you were coming here from Mexico or has it kind of changed over the years?
1: Well, coming here from Mexico is like a huge, huge difference for me because I come from a very small town in like central Mexico and um, fairly poor, I should say, like um, poor enough that like my dad's house didn't have like electricity or running water till the 90s, so, going from a school that is fairly small, you know, walking to school every single day to coming to the U.S. And I was lucky enough that my family moved into um, a county that's actually fairly rich. So it wasn't just like going from a very poor school in like a developing country to like actually one of the wealthiest counties in the country. so it was a very, it was like night and day. So, um, but in, in some ways I still grew, I still kind of, I wouldn't not come here if that makes sense. Like I sure. would do it again if, if I had to, just because I know that despite the struggles that, that my family has gone through the, the hard work, the extra work that we've had to put in, um, I'm not sure I would have been able to accomplish the same things even back in my country just because um, people back there are worrying about what you're going to eat this week or how you're going to pay like, pay your bills. Um, and I was fortunate enough that my parents always had enough work here and were able to support us enough that I didn't have to worry about those things and we didn't really have to worry about those things once we got here. and we just had the, as much as we did, we had enough resources to get by and I was able to make it to college and graduate and they were able to pay for my tuition. Um, I didn't have to get any student loans, which is crazy that I was actually even privileged enough that I didn't graduate with a student debt and I went to a private college, not by choice, but it was a fairly good school. I I really appreciate my school for taking me in um, and actually cu- giving me a fairly good scholarship. So um, I appreciate what this country has given me, but I'm mad because I know we could be doing better. I think it's kind of the way I see it. Like I'm like that disappointed parent that I'm like, you have so much potential to do better.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and for like, uh, I, I don't know if you would agree, Liz, that you're, um family is like a success story but also like one of like the like like one of the luckier folks who have immigrated in from mexico into here right and have found success and have like managed to you know put put together like uh an existence that is materially better than the one you came from but that um it it could be that this could like you're you know situation could be like what every immigrant gets to experience instead of just the DACA folks or instead of just like the percentage who are, who make it into the country then and aren't just like immediately ground down by, you know, whatever, like, you know, like poorly paid, like labor.
1: Right. No, I definitely feel like we, like the fact that we are where we are right now, which is like with me having been able to graduate from college and my sister, going to college herself now and, you know, um, is have, like, luck and have our family's hard work. Like, have yeah. luck that my dad didn't get deported. I know plenty of families who went through that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, people like my parents didn't get sick, which, you know, you can't really afford to do that in this country. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they've found... I mean to say that my parents have been exploited haven't been exploited would be lying cuz they're currently being mm-hmm. exploited right now and that's just yeah. something that you know is going to happen you can't you know you would be dreaming to say they weren't they they make a fairly decent living but we know they would be making a lot more if they if their status wasn't the same despite the fight they might have some you know kind bosses who might be looking the other way Mm -hmm. you know because and they know their situation or they know our situation so but yeah it's kind of crazy to say like oh i i've been very lucky but also like the amount of hard work that it went from literally every single family member like it took everything we had to accomplish what we did and i mean it's not really over because my sister is still in college, but it looks like she's doing well. But yeah, it's crazy to be to feel like I have like survivor's guilt because knowing like what kids are going through these days, and I'm like, damn, like they should have had what I had, but like better. Because
3: <laughs> that's a, that's a very interesting way to put it. I think survivor's guilt, like yeah. the no, I think that's insightful. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. um, I I had a uh, a teacher in college, a professor. Um, and she was great. Uh, she was for my, um, Chicano lit class. And she used to say, um, that like people don't move across borders, borders move across people. And the way that she like explained it was that we have like a history of people, not like America, but like this whole continent, Americas. Central America, South America, has a history of people moving up and down the, the continents to, to farm and to work. Um, like, you know, way back in the day before there even was America, it's just, you know, there's been a history of people migrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, so like when America came and came along and we're like, all right, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to set the border at where it is, like eventually. Right. Yeah. when America became the America we know today. Um, you know it's pretty crazy to say like okay well we have everything you have nothing like we're going to actively try and make these people's lives like absolute shit you know and it's like we're going to keep them keep people out which is insane because like it's that that's been happening before america was a thing like even when america first was settled it was still kind of like people migrating up and down it's just like you know, more, a more recent historical development where, yeah. you know, the, the the border, you know, like Texas, we're like, all right, there you go. That's that's the that's the border. You're not allowed to cross it because it's our it's our candy. You're not allowed to have any. Well,
3: yeah, I was going to say that they acquired um, the borders set through the, you know, basically the unjustified imperialist war. Right. Like the Mexican-American War. Um, where basically we um, uh, just intervened in order to steal Texas away, and then uh, you know egged Mexico on into a conflict, and then you know took way more land and was basically just you know through blood, I guess. So you're saying <laughs> like yeah. America
2: was America and America. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. And I don't think people, I don't think people realize that you know the American like imperial project has been this long in the making that, you know, it's like, okay, how do, did we expand across the entire continent? Right. It's like, well, you know, part of that was, you know, imperialist war. And I don't think, I don't think enough people realize that that's what occurred against like Mexico. Right. Like, like I don't think people realize that the Mexican American war wasn't like a, Oh, well, you know, just two dudes duking it out. It's like, no, we, saw an avenue and opportunity to basically just take like, an, like half a continent away from Mexico. So like, and, and
0: well, remember, it's remember. Uh, oh, oh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah. Uh, just really quickly to your point, Cole, it, it, you know, you can go back to the very beginning and, and I think people for some reason are very comfortable with accepting the fact that we, you know, took over this land from the native Americans are like, Oh, well they weren't really, you know, a sovereign nation. We could do what we wanted or whatever. But when it comes to like Mexico, like you're talking about, they were a sovereign nation that we were just taking land from. And it's it's like yeah. if that happened today, you know, you would see the United Nations condemning it. Hopefully, um, and all the all this conflict going on. But because it happened back then, you know, it's it was fine. Also, like the. Um, just if we're gonna make this about
3: the Mer- uh, the Mexican American War podcast, um, <laughs> like the lead up to it was like Texas was a you know. Call, I'm gonna need you to Mexico. stop
2: real quick. I'm gonna need you to do your um, Ken Burns documentary voice. So um, you do Ken Burns. <laughs> you do Ken Burns. I'll do David Attenborough. And I don't know, Josh, Liz, you, you can choose whomever. You could do Tiger King. You could be do people from Tiger. Joe King Joe Exotic.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I watched the I watched the great video actually that um, talked about like documentaries and how like more often than not they're just reality TV and Joe Exotic the, the Tiger King one being like like a great example of that. Like the shit they didn't they left out or just kind of um, not lied about but basically presented as fact when it's really just Joe Exotic saying it.
2: You're telling um, me that a series that yeah. in the credits has concept slash story artist is fake. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I'm just like, yeah. Um it's it I mean, it's a great, like, as far as getting you into the minds, like into the mind of someone like Joe Exotic, it's great. But as far as understanding what like actually occurred is uh mm-hmm. it's pretty shit at doing that. It's yeah. mostly just kind of poking, pointing at Joe and being like, he's pretty wacky, right? Look at these other people. They're pretty wacky, right? It's like, yeah, that's true. Um, and here but, we have the border yeah.
2: that's oh. always been there. You see, the Mexicans are immigrating over here, taking our land. We didn't do it to them. Don't look too far in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't open that book. Stop <laughs> it. Um, but, but the lead up to the war was... Ah, uh, Mexico had Texas, and then there were a lot of Americans settling in Texas, and Mexico was actually encouraging it because they wanted people to come uh, and settle the area, and then obviously, you know, there'd be a bigger tax base, all that stuff, right? And what we, what the um, like the U.S. did was basically um, encourage Texas to break away.
2: Cole, right, I was so gonna say, don't don't say we don't put that on the Irish, okay? The Irish have <laughs> nothing to do with it. We were oh, chilling okay. in our potato farms yeah. while the Britain, Britain was fucking us. Yeah. The Anglo Saxons, thank yeah. you. Please guilty please.
3: Anglo-Americans the Britons. were were basically like, okay, you know, um, basically encouraging like these newly the settlers in Texas to to break away. And then yeah. once that occurred, we intervened to help them, right? So basically, engineered that that situation so we can come in and take Texas and then a bunch more land um, later. So anyway, but that's the that's the that's the U.S. So, special right. There. So what that's you're what saying? So what doing. you're
2: saying is we need to um, go south of the border and establish a communist state in Central and South America and then take over America and it could be the United, the USSR. I don't
3: always forget what the fuck that's for because that's stupid. <laughs> Oh, the, the Union and Soviet Socialist Republic. So there it would be we the Union. The, I, I, I actually will say um, I'm I'm for a uh, new Mexican empire. Oh, so we so can
2: have like little like little yeah. Fidel's everywhere just cooking the United States more.
3: I, I'm actually going to go – I'm going to dig up um, Maximilian uh, Habsburg uh, and I'm going to bring his corpse to Mexico City. Then I'm going to say <laughs> – I'm going to proclaim him and me the new joint emperors of the uh, Mexico. <laughs> I actually think that what Napoleon uh, the Third was that Napoleon the third was doing in Mexico yeah. was right. That we should have a hat. Thank you, Liz. We should have, <laughs> <laughs> we should have a, a hat.
2: See, that's 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 why we decided to bring a woman on the podcast to agree with the men.
1: Or just to make sure his
3: his facts are correct. Yeah, I got the right. The of
2: <laughs> no, not even to make sure his facts are correct. Thank you, Liz, for agreeing with whatever Cole was going to say.
3: Yeah, that's yeah, that's that is a beneficial thing to have. You know, a woman just kind of confirm the things I say. Um, it gives them you know more more impact. I think. Right, it
2: makes it seem more legitimate, right?
3: Yeah, Liz, do you think? See. What I we talk about reparations, right? Um, I kind of am. I'm going to go the opposite and say that what actually should happen, right? Uh, instead of returning land to Mexico, we just take more of it. In this case, specifically Baja California, because I think California should be longer. And if we add that 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 onto California, like be long as shit. And then and then we take Oregon and Washington. And uh, what's that one? British Columbia and Alaska. Make that all California. We can have California from the Aleutian Islands down to Baja California. It'd be pretty far off. What what do we get
1: for Baja
3: California? Uh, That you get to be a part of Long California.
2: Right. Glad you asked, Liz. Uh, For the low, low price of all of your land, you get nothing in return.
3: Yeah. No, you get to live... In Long California.
0: Long <laughs> like, California. on your driver's license, it says... Long California. Long California. <laughs> you remember, you remember those days of short it's California? Those days are over. Yeah, yeah,
3: that sucked. Remember when California was short? That sucked ass. Now it's long. And it's like, imagine the, the flag. It's, it's, a long, the, it's a bear that's it's, longer, and it says Long California. <laughs>
2: It's the 51st state, like before Puerto Rico. <laughs>
3: it's
2: like Long California. It's like, that's just regular California, but like stolen land from Mexico. It's like, who are yeah. you? Puerto Rico, right?
3: It's like 51st state. <laughs> we keep regular California. It's just Orange County, and then the rest of it is Long California.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: if we give them what they. Uh, anyway, putting you on the spot, what rank your top five? of the best max Mexican accents like, uh, oh,
1: I probably only know four. <laughs> well,
0: well just only list four them in order.
1: Jeez. And I, geez, I guys, I've been on this country since 2001. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Do wait, some playful wait, colorism. Were right you 2001? Were you in New York? around September. Oh, oh shit. So, Wow.
1: I did enter the country before then. So,
0: so you knew pre nine 11 America it used to be so, I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <a wee laughs> days, and I was like, you guys, we got to do it before September. We're getting run runnin', it running out of time. Before it's going to get harder. They're going to make, uh, you know, ice, you know, cause that didn't exist before. So that's true.
0: Yeah. So. That's, I knew so just ICE to was get it. In. Bush invention?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, good guy, good guy. Did you not know that, Josh? It's only been uh, existing since two thousand three. I want to no, say. No, I think I think I remembered it was Bush. I just didn't realize that like nine eleven was the reason. Yeah. For that. I mean, what if we
2: make? What if we make an organization that can fuck over immigrants, right? And we'll call it ICE. What does it mean? Wait, we George, don't know. That's,
3: that's border patrol. We got that.
2: Yeah. We got you, that. You want-
3: you want extra border patrol? Well, what are they patrolling? The 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 border. The border. Yeah. What border? Well, both. Like the there's two. So we got one up there and then one down here. You mean Borders Bookstore? There are Borders Bookstores down at the border, but we we have a patrol. They don't they don't patrol the borders though. That's it, they are part of the border. Are
0: you talking about the famous Mexican restaurant chain on the border? <laughs> that. <laughs> There
2: are
3: also
0: those on the. Okay, just make ice. Just fucking.
2: <laughs> I guess we'll make ice. It's whatever.
0: So, just Liz, imagining what like, four Mexican accents do you, are are you aware of or know?
1: Okay, so there is the, I guess the one that most people hear, it's probably the fresa accent, which is like the preppy quote unquote accent. Um, which is kind of like the valley girl accent, you know, the, the rich kids are the ones that are, the rich white kids are the ones that are using that, um, accent. Um, then there is the, the one that's used in the capital, I forget which, what that one's called. I think it's maybe called like Chilango accent Mm -hmm. and that's again, because, um, Mexico has, like, you know, no middle class. It's just you're either really rich or, like, really poor. So the Phoenix accent's, like, the rich kids. And then the other accent's, like, the poor, the rest of us, basically. Um, And then there's a Norteño accent, which is, like, the people from Monterrey. Um, And it's kind of like the... Maybe, like, the country... Not even, like, a country accent, because it's... It's just maybe the people raising the cattle, they have their horses. Is that like the one that
2: says cowboy. like that? It, my Spanish teacher told me there's one that says like patas instead of pies or like
1: fie. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard people say patas all the time. Yeah. Um, and there's a coastal accent spoken by the coastal people um, I've u- I've heard that one on TV. People making fun of them <laughs> for having
0: a <laughs> coastal accent. <laughs> y'all y'all live down by the coast, you fucking <laughs> Yeah, those. basically
1: basically yeah. that's how it's used unfortunately. You beach people,
0: fucking <laughs> yokels. The fishermen.
2: Yeah. I, I uh I told the fellas this, um, what what's the accent called that they use on Telemundo where they're speaking Spanish and then they're just like California.
1: <laughs> I have no clue. I haven't watched one though, and I bet.
3: Yeah. Oh, I, I was actually going to ask Liz for you to rank your top five Mexican states. Because I, I know I have a list at, at the ready.
1: Mexican states? Yeah. I don't even know how many Mexican states we have. You guys, I only have a first grade education. I left Mexico when I was six. <laughs> um, so I'm going to rank number one the state from where I'm from. Hidalgo um most people don't hear about it because no one goes there (laughs) but we we originated barbacoa which if you've ever had it it's great Mm -hmm.
0: um oh yeah they have it at chipotle (laughs) i'll fight you
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'll break up with you (laughs) dishonoring my people um And then I'll rank Puebla next because that's where my mother's from. Okay. Um. Hmm. I think Yucatan is a state. Jesus, I'm so yep. bad at this. And mm-hmm. because I've always wanted to go there, and they have a lot of like the neat historical stuff. Um. I feel like Monterrey is pretty cool. Okay. And, um, just because I don't want to give up Baja California, I'm going to say Baja California.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Which one? There's two of them.
1: (laughs) Uh, Sur.
3: Yeah, there you go. That's the, that's the, that's the one. (laughs) I was going to say, um, obviously, right, my number one, Vercus, right? Yeah. Then we get Oaxaca.
1: Oh, they have got great cheese. My favorite cheese of all time.
3: Yeah. Michoacan. Uh, Chihuahua, and of course uh, Nuevo Leon. That's my top five right there.
1: Wow! Any yeah, specific reasons?
3: I like the names, especially <laughs> in Oaxaca. I like that I can look at that and say it, whereas most people yeah, have like, to
1: say like, like, like good their good eyes pronunciation. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. That that uh, that same teacher that I was saying earlier, she had a um, she created a program as travel writing in Oaxaca. So she was like, "We're going to go down there. We're going to do. We're going to eat some food." Right. We're going to write about it. And so, yeah. And she created that program for Kennesaw State University.
3: That's cool.
2: Yeah. And now she's retired. And I'm like, hey, are you going to go? She loves Mexico, right? You know, like, hey, are you going to go live in Mexico now? She was like, I'm thinking about it. She's like, I might fuck around um, with a commune out in New Mexico.
3: <laughs>
2: she's cool. I really like, like her.
3: The yeah. She's like, is, I might yeah. control a
2: commune. Yeah. Old hippie. Old hippie, uh, she's like a lesbian girl, old lesbian <laughs> girl, which is amazing. She's like, no, like, hold on. The reason, the reason why I bring that up is because like, right, gotcha. she, right. she has this like article, she writes articles and stuff. And she has this article about her, her girlfriend, like her girlfriend was like in the closet, like more conservative, like a police officer. Right. And she's like, I should have known like it, it would have failed right then and there when she was like, I'm a police officer. She's like, Oh fuck. So she went, um, she went to Mexico for vacation with her. And the police officer girl was like, Oh, I should have brought my gun. Look at all these fucking criminals and shit. And she was like, what, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's fine. And then she said that like her, her girlfriend went back to the hotel. It was a great article that she wrote. Her girlfriend went back to the hotel and then she stayed and she was walking around and she had no fucking clue. This is before you, you know, phone, she didn't speak any Spanish. She was like, I have no fucking clue where I am. And so uh, she, like, met up with these chicks. And they were, like, talking to her. And she was like, I could tell they were friendly. They were being extremely fucking nice. So, like, when she got back to the States, she made it her goal. She was working on the railroad at the time. Um, and she's like, okay, I'm, fuck this. I'm not going to do this anymore. She went back to school, got her doctor. And she's like, I'm going to fucking learn Spanish. And I'm going to go to Mexico every <laughs> single fucking day. And so, like, that's her... Yeah. With her journey. And, that, and then she taught she of it for fucking years and years and years before it was cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's really that's awesome.
1: We do have that effect on people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um Matt, that reminds me of uh Is that the lady? Gloria
2: No, it's not it's not my oh. teacher. This <laughs> is one of the books for the class. I have to I have to present on this book. Um it's cool. It's just yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I might borrow No, I actually do
2: have I actually over. do have her book. Hold on one second. I'll I'll get it.
0: Okay. So while we're waiting on Matt to yeah. fetch his his <laughs> book. Oh, he's actually coming back. That was quicker. Okay, I
3: thought there was going to be a more involved process too, yeah.
0: <laughs> like the fucking
3: like oh, Hold on.
0: <laughs> I don't know so, if you can so read, read it. A
1: podcast, you guys.
0: Yeah. Cosa, Spoke yeah. art. Travels, Travels in Mexico. In Mexico. Yeah. And there's some titties on that cover. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, are, there are indeed uh,
2: titties.
3: Mermaid. Mermaid,
2: Mermaid, Mermaid t- titties. Yeah. Mermaid titties, yes.
3: Matt, your your story reminded me of... Uh, you remember the, the Ray Bradbury book, uh, October Country? Yes. I recommended, recommended it to you. It? Yes. So one of the stories in there, I don't know if you remember, is about basically it's like a, a couple who are like in Mexico and then the like their car breaks down and mm-hmm. it's a married couple. So like and the wife just like her being in Mexico breaks her brain.
2: Yes. Right? Like, I do remember this. Do you story remember that?
3: that? It's like the, the man is like
2: she keeps like seeing deaths, right?
3: Story. Yeah. What's that?
2: She keeps seeing like deaths, right? Like she keeps like dreaming about deaths yeah. or something. Yeah.
3: So like I think her husband's there for some, like I think researching or something like that. Uh Um, and, or they're on vacation. No, they're on vacation and they go, it's like a local attraction in the town where they keep like mummies, I think, because it's like, you have to pay to, um, like keep a cemetery plot. And if you, if you don't pay, then they basically dig up the body and keep it. They store it there until you can pay or forever. Right. And so she goes there with him, and it immediately wigs out. And then basically the story is her just, like I said, is a dude's rock story. So it's the guy like just, I'm going to have a cerveza and and chill and have some arroz, right? Like I'm going to eat the the food and have beer and all that. And her just being like, I'm going to fucking die unless we leave tomorrow.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I do remember her bitching like the entire story. Ray Bradbury's like, writing it. He's like sitting at his typewriter, right? Because he's from the 60s or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting there writing it. He's like, wow, look at this dumb bitch. She just wants to leave. Oh my God, that uh, nag, nag, yeah. nag.
3: Right? I was like, did Ray bradbury go to did he have a, like an awful vacation in mexico <laughs> yeah and this stupid bitch carrot i mean not my wife uh, right. this other guy's wife uh just wanted to read a magazine
2: <laughs> well wh- what the fuck happened with like his experience with a baby
3: that, yeah <laughs> why was he like the too?
2: baby's actually a killer
3: uh, about a, a baby assassin yeah yeah I I I gotta say, Matt, that was a great, I don't know if I told you that was a great book. Um yeah. most of the recommend. stories were just like um I mean they're whimsical in the sense that this is what was scary in nineteen sixty. Right. You know, but some of them were like legit good, like the guy who's like obsessed with the idea of his skeleton trying to kill him. Yes. So he like pays to have his skeleton removed from his body
2: the the first the first story though i always tell people i said you have to get past the first short story in the book because it's like he was a midget Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like
3: the first story is ray bradbury what's the scary what's what's does what every dwarf want to be tall what would happen if you took away <laughs> like it's like a, a little person who has a mirror, and they stand in it, and it makes them tall, and like it makes them happy. So the, the protagonist of the story is like, I'm gonna fuck with this with this guy. I'm gonna steal his mirror. <laughs> He's never gonna be happy again. See this, you stupid bitch. You can't be tall. you And then, the, and then Ray Bradbury is like, Oh, what would happen if that if that dwarf had his thing stolen? He'd just kill himself. <laughs> like, what the fuck is his problem? Like, oh <laughs> you can imagine that every dwarf is one stolen mirror away from killing themselves <laughs> yeah. like, no man they like some of them have like fulfilling like live fulfilling full lives and are fine with their condition what the fuck it's a
1: short person we are okay <laughs> yeah. oh
3: yeah it's like, hilarious though. As Liz angles her camera away so we can't see the fun house mirror <laughs> 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 every
1: night. My giant stills like I hide.
3: Yeah.
2: Um so I guess like the last thing we need to talk about just really quick, because we've done an hour and ten minutes so maybe like a little short chat, is um Brian Kemp just like being the the country the just proving Cole right time and time again. Just being like, I don't know about politics. I'm a simple country man who just <laughs> bombs and hates other races.
3: <laughs> um i um i did want to i think the last time we talked about that and i described Kemp as like you know a, a guy in, a, in overalls and a straw hat and like with a spittoon and like he has a big jug that just has two x's on it that he swigs out of every <laughs> now and then yeah. um i wanted to, like the second part to that my pivot is that uh Kemp is actually is like a like upper class like Private school psychopath, like that's.
2: But he's like Colonel Sanders, like with the white suit and everything, and he's got like a, he's got like a African American butler, like with the tie and everything, like the one that does the 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 elevator. He like does the elevator for him or whatever. Just like that's how racist that man is. He just has he just has an assistant that does the elevator for. He
3: he imagines like to him. Uh, like, an elevator that you can self-operate, it's, like, a great injury to America. Like, <laughs> right, like totally yeah. elevators that needed an attendant. Yeah. Like, that to him is the worst. But, yeah, he's, like, again, he's, like, a, a private school psychopath. Like, like, it's funny to imagine him as what i've described because i do believe that if you ask any like new yorker who's the governor of georgia that's who they'd come up with right but no he's like slick like like slicked hair like three-piece suit monster um i i so wish he was doing this out of a genuine ignorance instead of just being like yeah we enough people of uh, are have died now. Open it back yeah. up. Whatever.
2: Some of you yeah. may die, but that's a sacrifice that I am yeah. willing to take. Just gotta get that Shrek reference in there. Yeah. God. Um, yeah. So Brian Kemp opened is is planning on opening back phase up. Phase one. Phase one, right? Because the, the, which includes you know Iron Man, 4, Iron Man <laughs> two, <laughs> yeah. culminating in the Avengers, and then um, after that its people dying and then once all the once all the rabble dies we can go back to enjoying like bowling alleys movie theaters all the essential business nail
0: salons nail, nail salons. salons
2: exactly cuz people want to work you know those cucks outside the the governor's house just shouting we want to work is just you know with their signs like it doesn't matter if we die you know you know i'm talking about those guys
3: yeah i I know you're referring to um i feel like yeah like these protests right have been to me the because like the the sentiment people want to work i think there's truth to that in the sense that um the way we've built the system is that to not die you you have to work so for them it's Um, I want to work in the sense that I don't want to like not be able to pay my bills or buy food or what. Right. It's not like a, but, um, there being some truth to that, but I feel like the people at these protests saying that what they, what they really mean is like, we want other people to work so that we can like reap benefits from that. Like I want a haircut, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm inconvenienced by other people not putting their labor in. So I need them to do that. Um, and it worked apparently. Uh, Kemp was like saw one like one v- short video of people being like, you know, bring back Fud Ruckers, and he was like, makes sense to me. Like, you know, I don't know all the science talk, but I know people really want to go to O'Charlies. So, like, what what do I do about that? And then
0: an O'Charlies ad plays in the background, like yeah. come to O'Charlies, it's two God. for one, and you get a cake. Yeah, <laughs> just shovel the dead
2: bodies out <laughs> the of the way, right? It's like a, it's like a Monty Python skit. You just have to like take a snow shovel and just keep shoving the dead bodies out of the way, trying to get to trying to get to Walmart because you really just need I don't know fucking name a thing that fucking they sell. I don't know a <laughs> I, basketball I, I, hoop. You just yes. want a basketball hoop. Shoveling dead bodies out of the way to get it.
3: I can't fucking stand how every commercial is now. Every single oh my god, dude!
2: Fucking ours, the emails. The fucking yeah. emails. have you... Josh and Liz, have you guys gotten those fucking emails from every company ever being like, this is our COVID thing? It's like, what?
3: Like <laughs> an Charlie's commercial. 2008? That looks like it's from 1990. Starts with the rolls, and it only gets better from there with O'Charlie's summertime celebration, starting at just 649 with our new southwestern twisted chips, zesty chili lime chicken, or key west citrus Mahi All great summer deals at O'Charlie's
2: Damn.
0: Oh my god, did you see that shot?
2: (laughs) I'm gonna go, yeah. I'm gonna go to O'Charlie's
0: now, bro. This is the this is the one I was thinking of. All these meals for (laughs) under 10 bucks?
2: That's unbelievable. Introducing O'Charlie's over the top
3: and under $10 platefuls. Over 20 favorites like honey drizzled southern fried chicken and bacon cheddar burger. Order platefuls and more at ocharlie's.com.
0: Like that, like Brian Camp has his press conference and then immediately that plays.
3: That, that, um, I loved in that first one you played, the, the end shot was her like putting a line of Barbies to murder also a dude again daddy not the first time I've heard that um. oh,
2: No. oh shut, <laughs> up. We shut up what was that's his right, name what was his name called I
3: have sex that's right that's how you just, I have oh. had sex before yeah you've
2: uh, had gay sex before
3: we read sex <laughs> we've reached that part of the podcast you're
2: you're <laughs> the one you're the one that said it you're the one that i, was, the, do it again I was gonna want
1: i was wondering how long it would take to get to this point and i'm a little disappointed it took this long honestly
3: right
0: Cerebral around here with the um, with the amount i talk about gay sex liz thought that that but this is what the podcast was about was i was talking no. about i like, was very gay, excited gay.
1: i was like wow l well, 2 plus we, podcast let's go
2: well, it's not just that. Listen, it's it's the gay sex talk, but it's also racism against Italians, which we haven't done in a while, yeah. and I'm very disappointed. In all of us.
3: We need to set aside an episode.
2: Well, I'll uh, tell you. I'll, I'll be here. We go. Let me go ahead and get this in. Let me get this little punch in. Uh, Governor Cuomo, right? Hey, I'm yeah. walking here. Cuomo. Yeah. He posted a picture, and he's like Sunday night dinner. At the Cuomo residence, and I oh, said it. I posted on Twitter. I said it's too fucking easy. I said they are making it so fucking easy. They were eating spaghetti and meatballs. They were eating spaghetti and meatballs.
3: <laughs> like Matt, like I, I think it's just like, I mean, perfect. Name is Cuomo. They're all Where sitting at the table.
2: They look. Let's eat the spaghetti and then <laughs> the The
3: the picture is like disturbing. And it's hard to see what, like, put it, like, put a, like, a reason why to it, but it just oozes just evil, right? Which makes sense; they're Italian, and right, uh, and spaghetti and meatballs, like, like I'm just imagining the fucking Cuomo household, like Cuomo being like. See, what you do. you take the macaroni, all right, you put the gravy in You put the gravy <laughs> put the in, first, you put the gravy, hot, yeah. Right, then you drop it. I'm imagining, the like, Richie from The Sopranos. Right. Like, you put the macaroni in it. Don't let it sit. Just let the, it, like, get introduced to the gravy. The and only, it, yeah.
2: The only thing that could have been more Italian than that picture in that moment was, like, if there was, like, a mafia guy standing behind him, and he just had, like, he just had, like, on a tattoo that said W-O-P. <laughs> <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> someone just wearing a shirt d-a-g-o
3: josh do you want to pull up the
2: picture real quick like uh we could
0: picture. we could pull it up after the after oh, after, podcast. After. 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 yeah that makes sense. um let's go yeah, ahead and yeah. uh thank liz for coming on yeah, and, thanks, and you know sharing her story and taking time out of her her busy quarantine life to come on the pod we appreciate it now liz you you uh, I've only listened to one episode of the podcast, right? And that was the Cognitarians episode. So yeah. as an expert on the podcast, you know, what <laughs> what, do you, what kind of content do you want to see us talk about more? Yeah. Like, is it the gay sex part? Is it the <laughs> Italian part? What it t- yeah. area do you want to hear more about?
1: I mean, I'm confused by the Italian part.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> oh what? What's confusing? Yeah. Confusing.
1: <laughs> what? I mean, I... I don't know. I'm afraid to say anything. Um,
0: For fear of your just, life, uh, like the Italian I'm mob like come to
1: you. I'm just gonna hide my Cuomo wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> oh, that's
0: it. My oh. Daddy Cuomo
1: poster on my room. Yeah. Hope you guys don't see that. Yeah. His nipples
0: yeah. just bulging out of the seat.
1: <laughs> no, I like to keep that to the imagination. You know, I keep. <laughs> I have a classy poster. Mhm. Mhm gotta keep it tasteful
0: so liz anytime we're hanging out together and i see you just staring off into space you're thinking about. that's what i'm thinking about
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) well we appreciate it and uh we'll hope to have you back on sometime in the future for sure
1: sure i'm still
2: here i'll grace find out next time
3: (laughs) that's right